welcome to another episode of the Ninja on the Ball podcast, where we are on the ball with the people that know. As I mentioned, we'll be bringing you insight and experiences from people on the inside of the sports and football industry. Today, we have another special guest. His name is Mr. Clifford Uro. Um, he's a sports psychologist and he's here to share his experiences. Um, Clifford, thank you for joining us today. All right. Thank you very much, DG. Um, so... I gave you a bit of an introduction, but um, I always prefer for the guests to um, give their own introduction so, you know, people get a clearer idea of who they are and what they do. Um, just in short, could you just give us a short introduction of yourself? Okay, so um, thank you very much, DG. So, like I said, my name is Clifford and I work as a sports psychologist for FC Bumaro. FC Bumaro plays in the third division in Nigerian Football League. So... Um, I try to help the players and the coaches and as we play games, you know, prepare for matches, uh, go into those competitions, study the players and then try to help them um, in terms of their, uh, you can say, the mental skills or the, the psychological skills that, that are very necessary for players to perform at a very high level. We have to ask, um, so what is your, what's your background or um, what, what is it that you, you studied? Okay, um, well, I studied um, what people generally know as physical education, um, but at the time I was studying that the, it was actually called human kinetics in my undergraduate years. Then after studying human kinetics, I decided to opt for sports psychology. Uh, since there are many areas one can go into in that field, you can go into coaching, you can go into psychology, you can go into management, you can go into exercise physiology. So I decided to go into sports psychology because I thought I could influence more on how um, players performed on the field. And then I decided to go into sports psychology. So I did a master's uh, program in sports psychology. And then, yeah, it's been going on since then. And then I've been working uh, as a sports psychologist for a while now. And then I'm also doing a doctorate in sports psychology just to you know gain more experience and do more work and understand a lot in the field it's very vital thank you for that um so of course um you know just so that people can get a clear idea of um, what we're talking about um could you break down what sports psychology is okay is very in a very simple and lead term is simply applying um psychological principles to sports people so um, let me to break it down. If an athlete or a football player, um, you normally you do physical training, exercises, all the physical activities, uh, the tactical work on the field, and all the set pieces, all that are very important. But then um, the psychological edge is also there. So for instance, we, we talk about the confidence of a player. And this, uh, you hear it a lot on TV, you hear commentators talking about mental strength. So how strong are you able to withstand difficulties while you play a game? If, if you're given a yellow card, how do you react to it? If your team is a goal down, how do you react to it? How do you work with your teammates? These things are all psychological. The winning mentality that people always talk about on the streets, on TV, they're all psychological. And um, coaches looking for players, they also look for those psychological attributes that players have. So psychology is very, uh, you can see it's a very key part of uh, sports, it's a very important key uh, part of coaching and talent identification. So we all talk about psychology one way or the other, even though and we don't look at it as, as an aspect of, of sports, but everybody talks about psychology, the, the coaches, the commentators, the players themselves, they always refer to things in psychology, confidence, concentration. You see that this player can't concentrate. These are psychological constructs. These are psychological terms. Uh, you can talk about, um, uh, for instance, um, communication. Why didn't you communicate to me while we were playing together? You didn't tell me you, were, you need the ball. So these are psychological um, aspects of the game and we all talk about it. So one way or the other, but now it's developing it is left to the sports psychologist. I think, you know, I, I definitely agree yeah. that um, I think a lot of the time we talk about, um, you know, mental aspects and the yes. psychological aspects, but 
a lot of people they don't realize that they're talking about those aspects yes. um, so it just goes to show you how important it actually is yeah, um, very very important really so of course um i have to ask you um in your role with fc bomaro um yes what does your role look like um you know on your day-to-day um, as somebody working as a sports psychologist with a football team, what does your day-to-day look like? Okay, basically I attend, I start the day by attending training sessions. So I'm there to watch the players, observe the players, and because eventually I have to work with each player one-on-one and then work with them as a group. So every day I try to be there at the training ground to see the players, how they are working on the training ground, and because our team is a development team, and so all the players are not more than 19 years of age, so it's very crucial to be able to uh, identify uh, how well um, they are growing, they're developing. So I'm there in the morning towards the training. At the end of the training, I try to speak to players and uh, we make appointments and then we talk about and their training, we talk about how they are learning. And then I also have uh, at least weekly uh, meetings with, with the other um, members of staff and the coaching coaching staff. And then and we talk about things on how they have to deal with the players and how the players are developing and key aspects. For instance, the player who has just come in has to now blend in with the team. I have to speak with the coaches and say, okay, this guy, this is what he is like. It's better we uh, deal with him. It's, it's, this is how he understands because communication between the coaches and, and, and players are very important. We need to be able to inform the uh, the coaches on how these players receive information, how they process it, and how they respond. And then the players themselves, we need to know how well they are settling down, if they have any challenges, how they could deal with it. And it's even much more in 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 that age category especially since they have to come from their homes. They are not earning so much like uh, top professionals do. So it's a very crucial stage in their uh, career. And then I have to speak with this, this set, the players, the coaches, and even with the management, because they also matter in, 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 this, in the players. So I have to speak with the management and inform them, okay, the players, this is what uh, they are going through. This is what they will need. And, and so, I speak with a whole lot of people. So we have um, group sessions, so all the players together once every week, and then individual sessions, um, different days for different players. And then we coaches every week. So more or less like you, you train the coaches to be able to deal with the players better. And you also train the players to be able to deal with the coaches better. So, um I, I, I really like that answer. Uh, one point that you, you, you touched on is um, yeah. training the coaches on how to deal with the players better. So yeah. um, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people you know, are curious, what are some techniques or yeah. some um, practices that you use um, okay. to, to, to help the coaches um, uh, deal with the players better? Okay. Now... Um one important aspect is the area of communication so um, you can have coaches using different i mean my own situation yeah talking about certain terms that look high sounding that players are not able to understand so um, i noticed that then in our meetings uh, i would tell the coaches okay this can you use a different language to express or um let's look at the situation by we have a tactical uh, tactical training now if the coaches do that and um, pass the information once he expects all the players to understand and then they do the drill but at times it's important that i also tell the coaches that no this is better uh, these players will not understand this from this angle why not break this drill down you know because there is a lot of pressure on the coaches to give results. And then sometimes it's very easy to forget about the aspect of um, a whole past whole method of training. So okay, I can remind the coach, okay, you have described this whole thing. Remember that you have to break this, you know, this drill into parts. You know, as a way of reminding the coaches, as a way of um, them also communicating with the players. I can give an example uh, of a situation where a 
a player got into the team, and this player is not from is from the northern part of the country. He found it hard to mix up, you know, and the coaches were not patient with him. He's a very good player, but he needed time, he needed a chance to really prove himself. So in that situation, I have to speak to the coaches about um, this player. Okay, this player needs some more time. You know, so this is the area of communication. And then um, another area I also get to speak to the coaches about is uh, in the area of um, injuries. Injuries, because um, something that is developing these days is injury management. Injury management, you need the psychologist, you need the physiotherapist to work with the coaches. So what I try to do there is as much information I get with the players, uh, depending on how well they've rested the day before, the level of, uh, because we talk about fear as well. With this information, I can pass to the coaches that, okay, this player is not ready for this game. You know, remember that the, the coach is the one who makes the final decision. So what I do is to give him the information. Okay, this, this particular player, he's not rested, he's afraid, and because fear uh, can also lead to injury because it's, a, it's an aspect of stress. It can lead to injury. So this player is not ready. Um, and then it might be a good idea that he doesn't start until he's, he's better, he's calmer, he's more confident with himself. So that aspect uh, goes a lot into teaching, you can say teaching the coaches, the, the things about the players, especially about personality of the player. So the personality of the players uh, is another important aspect that coaches must also know, because there are some players who, you see, they find it difficult to they're not open you know they're not open to change okay this guy cannot learn this uh, thing you need to come this in this other direction to get him to learn it you can find other players who are very open so as a psychologist i must be able to identify the players and i must be able to transmit this information to the coaches this player is very open this is how he learns this player is not so open this is how he learns this player is very very conscious of training meaning that he is conscientious. If you don't give him the full details, he's not going to be confident about it. Why there are some other players, they don't mind. Uh, they come in, whatever you've taught them, they are good to go with it and they're ready to go into the game. Some other players, they don't. They can't do that. They are not satisfied with the level of training they, and they are not able to communicate with the coaches. So you must also teach the coaches, hey, this, for this guy, this guy is going to come to speak to you. Try to be open with him. You know, there are many aspects, but basically is more with the coaches who work more, I work more on helping them learn the personality of players and and communication, basically. And then also in terms of uh, helping them uh, transmit information to the players so that everything that has to do with training, they can easily um, transmit that information to players. And then benching players is also another important aspect. It's very difficult for some coaches to transmit that information that, hey, you can no longer start for this team or you're going to leave this club. Now, by discussing with the coaches, I can help the coaches to transmit that information better to that player. So there are so many aspects of, um, of this task of working with the coaches, so many aspects. So it depends on the situation and that are there. But basically, um, personality, communication, and then for the coaches themselves, um, also stress, stress. And that's, that's another aspect, the whole, whole lot to talk about that. Um, I think, you know, I think definitely, um, you know, that just that small little segment that you've just, you've just given us there, yes. I'm sure will be of a lot of interest to a lot of coaches. Um, yes. Because, you know, I, I'm sure a lot of coaches, you know, often, um, I think one of the biggest problems that they have is that, um, sometimes they make a decision and they don't understand why certain yeah. players react a certain way. So, yes. Um, and, you know, I, I definitely believe that, you know, having a sports psychologist there would make yeah. a, you know, a huge difference. Very, um, very much. Mm. So um, for coaches listening, um, you know, you mentioned, you know, sometimes players, you help the coaches to understand, uh, you know, the player's personality, personality. better well, or yes. to understand the way, why they react in a certain way. Yes. Um, what are some signs, what are some general signs that maybe that coaches can look out for in terms of, you know, maybe the player mentally is not in the correct place or maybe he's not uh, completely focused or maybe he's a bit scared. 
what are some general signs that maybe coaches could look out for? So um, now, um, before going into um, any match, it's very easy to see these things if you know if you if you know them and if you know that particular player. Yeah. Now, if we're going to play a game, very crucial game, um, you can see some players have different reactions. Depending on if if you see a player who at the beginning of the game, before the game rather, before the game begins in the dressing room, you find some players, they will never say anything. They will keep their mouth shut throughout. Now you find other players who you, you notice they're a bit tensed. You find some people a bit uh, shaking a bit and, and, and then you can find some people uh, getting angry, you know, before the game. If you come close to him, you find a player, he's a bit aggressive. You know, these are signs. Now, um, to now know particularly what is the best, how do you uh, select? I mean, you've already done your selection and you just need to know that, okay, these are normal signs because this is before the game. You see these signs. They are normal. We are not going to say that they are negative, that they are bad. They are normal signs. The, each person has his own reaction. But basically, coaches can identify uh, with these signs. Uh, this a player is angry before the game. Uh, some players don't can't say and they won't say anything throughout uh, that uh, period before the game. Some other players you find them going to use the restroom over and over and again you know, because they are they are tense, they are stressed, and it's normal. Like I said, the only um, important thing is how each player manages that situation in prior to the game. That is what matters. You know. Now we one uh, simple test that has proven to be very good is in the case of playing penalties. In playing penalties, usually um, we don't give the opportunity to players who have um, wet palms. So before playing a penalty, you find some coaches, they, this, is information, this is information that has been given to many coaches over time, that before playing penalties, you go around and you try to shake the hands of all your players. You know, you shake their hands and you look, look them in the eyes. Now you find out that some players, they, have, they will have um, sweaty palms. Those ones is better they don't play penalties. But those ones that have dry palms, it means that they are, they are calmer, they are ready. You know? So these are certain signs that coaches um, can use in, in terms of selection and penalties, uh, signs they can identify before games. And then over time, when you identify these signs, you'll be able to know um, which player can start in what kind of game. If the game is too tense, and then you've noticed that anytime this player, you notice he's always going to use the restroom, in that game he doesn't play very well, then you, you have to identify that. Assuming you don't have a psychologist there with you, you have to identify that. So, and data, data collection is important. You need to know how the players react over time in the number of games, because you cannot use one, um, one sign, one reaction to be able to determine how this player will fare in a particular game. So over time, we get to know, okay, this fellow, He's always having tensed muscles. He finds he's very stiff before a game. Okay, what happens if he plays this number of games? How does he react when he's playing this kind of opponent? How does he re react when he's playing this kind of opponent? Does he do very well? Does he do badly? You know, so the coaches can identify this if they can keep the data and then try to help players by giving them some advice. There are some tips that psychologists can give to the coaches and they can utilize with their players. And also because um, in professional football, uh, you can have situations, depending on the type of coach, the coach can decide to have the psychologist working with him and not with the, the, with the players. Or you can have the psychologist working with both the players and the coaches, depending on the situation. So, and whatever is obtainable, um, both the coach and the psychologist can work, work with it. Um, I'm sure a lot of coaches, um, the you know the penalty test uh, that you that you mentioned, yes. I'm sure that's obviously something which a lot of coaches maybe did not consider before. Um, yes. I think you know it's definitely very interesting. I know um, a lot of players when it comes to big matches, 
yeah. they, they seem to fall under pressure and they they cannot control their emotions. Exactly. So yeah. I think you know it's it's definitely things that are worth considering as coaches. Um, yes. Definitely very important. Mm-hmm. So you know, of course, um, I have to ask. Um, we you know in football um yes. when we want to um sign players yeah um you know sometimes we sign players you know through transfers and yes. the transfer in the transfer um method we yes. get the opportunity to speak to the player so you get to have a good idea of where their mentality or where their psychology is yes. um but um in other situations which many coaches here in nigeria the method that we use to sign players is usually through trials mm-hmm. now um in the trial um it's it's a bit difficult to gauge the mentality and psychology of um players because usually in the trial we don't get the opportunity to speak to the player we yeah. usually it's more about um you know putting them on the field getting them to to play a match or to you know to showcase their football their football skills Yes. Um, so as a sports psychologist in that type of um, situation where you know you're trialing players and you want to maybe um, get a better understanding of the player's mentality what are some you know maybe some advice that you would give in that situation um, no I'll, I'll tell you something that is very important uh, first of all in, in Nigeria our system of um, identifying talents it's um, well it's, it's quite difficult because one thing that is clear is you can identify talent based on experience. So if a coach who has worked for, I don't know, maybe 10, uh, 15 years, you can find it a bit easy to say, okay, I've seen this kind of a player before and I know he can get to this level, he can go very far. And you can also see on our player and say, no, this one won't go very far. Now, by making that judgment, what the coach is simply doing is, is something psychological and is also using the technical and physical abilities of a player as well. And that is experience. That is the experience aspect of it. But when we, in a situation where uh, is a young coach, um, even the older coaches, um, there are tests that, um, there are psychological tests that psychologists can use to identify um, in psychological attributes of these players. Now, initially I said the experience of the coach is very important because he has seen players, he has seen those ones who have made it, who have lasted, you can say, in their career. And he has seen those ones who have continued to progress and he has seen also those who have not managed to, um, to achieve uh, success in, in their career. Now, those attributes that the coach is looking out for apart from the technical skills, they are psychological. Why? Because for a player to attain success, uh, to be a champion, it's important that he's committed, right? It's important that he has um, high-level mental strength. It's important that he's able to focus. It's important that he's creative. It's important that he has um, game awareness. It's important that... uh, his resilience. These are attributes. These are psychological attributes. Actually, it's important that he has all these attributes, apart from the physical skills. But much recently, um, there is a new uh, model that has come up that has been. It's been. I mean, and, and what that model says is that it, uh, the psychological attributes are very important. The physical attributes are very important. Uh, the technical ability of the player is very important. The family, the family and the social environment of, of the player is also very important. But how do you expect one coach or two coaches to be able to deal with all this data? Well, it's not. Uh, in our own case in Nigeria, uh, since you have only one coach or two coaches trying to select, identify the players, it's quite difficult. But um, as a psychologist, um, there are tests, like I said, there are tests we can use to identify uh, the ability of certain players to be able to um, play long term, to become successful wherever they go to. Um, there's a test called uh, 
There is a stroop test, a test called stroop test. I mean, the coach cannot be able to administer this without uh, the psychologist. Uh, there's a test on personality. We have to check uh, test the personality of the player. And there's a test on coping. We have to know if this player can cope um, in different situations, difficult situations. Can he cope in those situations? There's a test to know if the player can learn, if he's open to learning. Because for young players, it's important that they are open to learning. Now, you may not be able to find this information in one day by assembling 300 players to come for a trial. You cannot get this information in one day. So, um, I, well, uh, the coach can, like I said, for young coaches, it's good that they consult older coaches in a situation whereby you cannot employ, um, you cannot employ uh, um, specialists to take care of certain aspects for you. It's good that coaches, young coaches consult with older coaches to find out from them um, what they do, what they, they, they do to, to look for talented players. And then um, these coaches can share their experience. But remember, you cannot be so sure. You cannot be so sure with that kind of assumption when you're selecting players. So many times, many coaches rely on what they can see, maybe 10 technical attributes of the player or the physical attributes of the player and they leave out the psychological aspect, they leave out the social aspect of, 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 of that player. So, but for, to be able to achieve this easily is better than they uh, consult um, more experienced coaches to advise them on what uh, they need to do. And then um, psychology is not, um, you can see some of those attributes uh, on the field of play, um, but not all at that moment. And this is why a trial, one day trial may not be necessary, may not be really um, effective as having, as keeping the player and watching him maybe for a week or, or three days and as effective as, as that will be. But you can easily look out for some attributes like resilience. Resilience is one attribute you can look out for. So for instance, in a trial, if, a, if you have to play, if you have to, well, I would advise you have, you play a trial matches whereby you have the team selected in, select the players into teams and they play against each other. And, and then in that situation, you can look out for, how does, this, how does this player react if his team is a goal down? How does he communicate with other teammates? If you find a player, who is just playing his own, on his own, he doesn't communicate with the other, his teammates, then it might be good uh, to, you know, to forget about that player for the meantime. And look at those who can communicate, who are communicating with the other teammates, who are encouraging. These are attributes, these are attributes of mental strength. You see a player who is encouraging other players as they play, who is communicating, who is asking for the ball, who is passing the ball, who is making himself available. This, uh, you can say these are important. You can look out for these things immediately. You can look out for these things immediately and say, okay, yeah, this player has got those psychological attributes that can take him very far. So resilience is important. If his team is a go down, does he give up? Or he, he encourages his teammates and he tries to put the effort to play. And communication is there. Does he um, ask for the ball? Does he communicate with other players? Or is he just on his own, you know? Does he, um, you can see, does he run down, uh, does he um, chase every, every ball? Is he moving? You know, so these uh, three things, communication, the efforts he puts on the field of play, and resilience. These are three things that I would advise coaches to look out for. If you cannot uh, get a psychologist, if you cannot get a, an experienced coach there, if you're a very young coach, if you cannot know the, if you don't have data about the uh, social environment where this player has grown up, his family, and if you don't have information about this, if you don't have information uh, that has to do with his, uh, let's say, um, physical makeup, then it's good to, with your own knowledge, to look at resilience, to look at the player's ability to communicate, and to look at how you can see we say. Does he give himself? Does he run after it? But does he give himself? Does he put a lot of effort in the game? Because uh, when a player doesn't show these attributes, it means that he will never really be able to, to express this. And more importantly, 
Um, if you look at champion athletes, they are, they are committed. They work hard. They speak with their teammates. They are ready to give themselves. They are ready to play. They're, even if they go down, they want to uh, continue putting a lot of effort. They put a lot of effort on training ground. They put a lot of effort on the day of the match as well. So uh, these are really, really important attributes. So like I said, resilience, is he, how does he take defeat? How does he take, uh, if he makes a wrong pass, how does he react when he makes a wrong pass? If uh, communication, does he um, communicate with his teammates? Does he give them the sign? Does he ask as they play, you know, are you where you going to give me the ball? You know, communication. And does he put a lot of effort in playing? Does he run after the ball? Does he chase down opponents? If he's a defender, a defensive midfielder, as an attacker, does he run after? Does he chase that ball down and try? And does he try to get it? These are, I can say, these are very important. So, um, of course, you mentioned, um, you know, the Nigerian environment. I'm sure yeah. a lot of people. Um, how have you found it um, implementing sports psychology? and um, helping develop the mental and psychological aspects of Nigerian athletes and footballers. Okay, um, I will start uh, to talk about what, how I started because in this aspect is very important. Well, um, in the final years of my doing master's program in sports psychology, I had to intern with an MFM. MFM, they were in the Nigerian Professional Football League. So at that point, in, it was 2016, they were struggling for education. They were in the bottom three, they were bottom four, as it were, in Nigeria. Um, and then they were struggling for education, trying to stay up, last remaining games of the league. And then I came in, and at that point in time, the coaches, they were waiting because the coaches had already, they've already given up. So the coaches were waiting to see if uh, they could get somebody to help. So the, the chairman of the team uh, invited me and I came and I started working with the players immediately. And, and I worked with the players and the coaches. And uh, particularly I worked with some, uh, all the players, but particularly uh, to mention uh, certain things that, that I did there uh, was to because they weren't scoring goals, they were not scoring goals, and they were conceding. They were barely. They were losing games. They had not won a game for a long time. So what I did was to now start working with individual players and all the players in the group. So the coach then was Coach Fidelity Lechuku was the head coach, uh, and then I was also working with the assistant as well, Coach Barua. So they always give me the team lists uh, before matches on the weekends. And then during the week, we do all, 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 the, all, the, all the drills. And then, so with the players, um, because there, there was um, Stephen Ode, who is in Switzerland now. And Stephen Ode was in was in team then. There was uh, Sikiru, Olasubosu, there was Onua, and there, were, uh, there was also there's a right back, uh, Stanley Okorum. So, now these players, I, I tried to work individually with them, okay? So I worked one-on-one uh, -on -one with them. And then um, I'm not going to be able to, I will not tell you who, um, who has what problem anyway. I'll just tell you in the general notes. So a particular player was telling me that when he came into the team, they were all happy. Just to remind, they were all happy that I had come. Even the coach will say, hey, thank God you are here and you can take over the team. I can't do anything any longer. I said, okay, no problem. We'll see what we'll do, but you are the head coach. You have to uh, take control. This is your team. I only um, advise and, and help with the players and all the other members of uh, the coaching staff. So uh, a particular player told me, I have not, I have been one of the best players. And I've been one of the best players in this team. When I came in, uh, the fans loved me. But all of a sudden, uh, my game started to drop. You know, so we started working on so a particular, a particular skill in in sports psychology called uh, imagery. Is imagery imagery use your imagination to train, or you can call it visualization. But more image visualization is subsumed in imagery. But so we started using imagery for him, and started working on that together. 
And then I told him, see, you have to, you're going to help your team. And uh, don't worry, uh, you have to imagine yourself making an impact, you know, maybe scoring an all important goal for your team. So we, we started working on imagery for the other players. Um, Stevie Nude, attacker, we put all the attackers together, we had teams for all the attackers together. Now, um, we played a game, the first game, um, it was a draw against Abia Warriors. It was a draw and the players did all they could, they couldn't score. So they were going to play an away game against the Enimba and then the coach told me that Enimba will, will destroy us. They are better than us. We are. So I told the coach, have you tried, um, because he was also telling me the, the problem of officiating. So I said, have you tried playing negative, have you tried doing negative training? So he said, um, I tried, then I explained to him, okay, since you have problems officiating, we're going to organize a training where you have the main team that will be playing on Andy and another team. So you have somebody officiating that training match and then the person will try to officiate in a negative way, so against the, the main team. And then he did that. So they went into that game. And before that game, I also worked with the defenders, all the centre-backs, especially in the area of concentration, because concentration was also their problem. They were not able to focus during the game, and because of that, they were always conceding goals. So we worked on concentration, especially with the centre-backs, the right-backs and left-backs, uh, I was already working with them, but with the centre back we worked on concentration, especially dealing with aerial balls. Because in my own, um, in my you can see my own way of doing sports psychology, I go down to performance of the players. Because performance of the players is very important. Apart from what happens outside the field, I also work with them on how they train, how do they learn uh, in the game, how do they improve while playing. Even as uh, we go as much as passing, as shooting, as scoring. Even playing corner kicks, psychology can go into other aspects of it. So we worked on concentration and defending the balls properly. And, and then they went to play in band and they got the points. Then, uh, of course, the thing about psychology is that you don't, you're not going to, you don't start doing, uh, for working with the team so that you get the results uh, that simply. No. It's a development. It's like normal physical training, but this time it's mental training. And then we worked with, uh, I worked with the players and then there were four more games to go. So they played two, two draws, a third game, another draw. And the, the final game was against Ifan Yuba. And then they were, were already prepared for that game. And then that player who I was uh, working with initially, it was eventually the one who scored the only goal and gave them the necessary three points to stay in the league for the, for the following season, 2017 season. So, um, well, it was good, it was good experience working with these players because the players, once you mention psychology to the players, the players are ready. They're ready to work with you, you know, because they, they also see the importance. You know, if you tell the coaches, if you explain to the coaches, this is what psychology can do, they are ready to do, they're ready to work with you, you know, um, because they, they now, they believe that then this, is, this is really important for us and then it starts to, you know, and it really works for them. And, so for me, uh, sometimes I always think, is psychology uh, magical? Maybe it is really magical. And because I've also, after working with them in 2016, I left and then um, I started doing some things with some players on their, uh, now one thing uh, not, um, not worthy to mention is um, in 2016, a particular player was always on the bed. I can mean, a particular player was always on the bench. Let me not mention his name because he has not given me that. Um, I won't mention his name. So he was always on the bench. So he complained to me that my player, um, I've not been starting. I was always starting. Now I'm on the bench. So I told him, hey, you have to be patient. Eh? So we talked about what, what is the problem? Why are you on the bench? So tell me. So we talked about it. And I realized that his player, his teammates don't trust him. He's, he's not a top player. He's uh, He's a very, um, you can say, not so tall a player, player, a midfielder, a short midfielder, but an attacking midfielder, very good attacking midfielder. His teammates stopped trusting him because they felt that he could, uh, he was always losing the ball because of his size. So I said, man, you, you have to help them trust you. 
So we started to work on that. And then, of course, like I said, you don't get, you don't work today and get the results today. It's a process. So we worked on it. And then, can you imagine the following season, uh, MFM scored the, the best uh, goal of the week in the whole world. And this player was involved. He, he became a starter. And from then, he moved to he moved to Aimba. Aimba signed him. So you can see the process. But one thing that I will point out is um, all players must know that just like physical training, mental training is also continuous. You don't do psychological training today and it's going to last you for the next three years. No, it's something that as long as you do physical training, you're also doing mental training or psychological training. You're also doing it alongside. Because... Uh, you come, you go into different situations. You can move to a new team. You can have a new coach. You can have a new life situation. Maybe you get mar the player gets married, or he now has a son, or he now has a daughter, or uh, he now buys a new car. Different life situations, and these things can really affect you. Uh, and that's why it's important that it must always go hand in hand. Physical training, psychological training must always go hand in hand, and because many times what I realize is that those players who stop using uh, sports psychology, they, when they are doing so well, after a while, they start dropping. They start dropping because they're not able to find what makes them um, kick, what makes them very good. So I can say working with Nigerian players, uh, well, fantastic, but I really need to do, I, I really need many of them to value sports psychology, to have more exposure. Of course, uh, uh, all these were, when I was doing them, I mean, I was not being paid to do them, you know, because I was trying to show something, I was trying to prove something that, hey, we need to use psychology in Nigeria, in Nigerian football. That was what I wanted to do then. And even to, even now, I'm still trying to push that, that uh, sports psychology is important, sports science is important, we need to embrace this in, in Nigerian football, else we'll not go anywhere. And I can tell you that we're way, way behind. We're way, way behind. I don't know if we'll, we'll ever be able to catch up, but uh, I believe we can catch up if we start doing the right things uh, from now. So, um, obviously, um, <coughs> we have a lot of coaches, you know, who listen and who I'm sure, you know, will be taking in all yes. the information you've given us today. Yes. Um, some of these coaches work with senior teams. Some of them work with... Uh, the academies, some of them work with, you know, the junior teams. Yes, now, yes. of course, the question that they will have is, um, is there a um, recommended age for you to start um, introducing, um, you know, uh, sports psychology um, to, to, to the players, to the team? I, good enough, I also have the opportunity of working with uh, um, Barcelona Academy Lagos. So the psychologists talk about is best that it started for players from the age of 12. Then a concept like uh, using your imagination. A nine-year-old boy would, yeah, I mean, his imagination is not even able to control it now because he's watching lots of cartoons and all that. But if I tell a 12-year-old boy, uh, okay, you can use your imagination, let's go with the imagination, let's get into this environment, create this environment, play like this. He's able to do that better than someone who is nine or eight and so on, or some 10 year old. So yeah, from the age of 12 is, is, uh, is a good age to start sports psychology. And for those kids that are uh, below uh, 10 or 10 years or below 12 years, uh, the sports psychologist has, uh, he has to work with the coaches directly for those kids. So what he will transmit to the coaches, the coach will transmit to the players or with the parents of, of those uh, of those uh, players so he works with the parents and then the, the parents cannot transmit that knowledge to the uh, to the kids you find a way and then when because it's difficult yeah. that nine years eight years you won't understand this concept but since uh, with the coaches with the players they will be able to transmit that uh, what the psychologists will do is to work with the players and with the coaches and, and their parents and um, why do i uh, mentioned this, uh, like I said, um, the language of psychology will be difficult for them. Now, in Nigeria, I'm, I'm going to tell you this, working with many make many local players here, because I work, like I said, I work in a developed squad, you can say it's a development squad because they're 19, and working with, I've also worked with some players in some academies that are 
uh, in remote areas just to help out with the coaches. It seems not advocacy for sports psychology, if you want to put it that way. And many of our players in Nigeria are not uh, uh, well, you can say well learned. They are not um, academically sound to a very large extent. So sometimes I need to um, speak according to speak in a way that they can understand me. You know, I have to speak in a way that they can understand me. I have to go all the way down to try to explain. It, it can be difficult, but yeah, you have to do that to get them to even understand because I, I don't use certain concepts in, in sports psychology when I talk to many players in Nigeria here. And I don't tell them imagery. I tell them think. You have to think. Yeah, or, or I try to find out if the guy, if the player understands the word imagination. Or if I'm going to talk about uh, concentration, you know, uh, I have to find what he understands. Does he understand the word concentration? Does he understand the word focus? I'm not going to use the word visualization because that's a big term. You know? I would rather um, tell him, okay, can you think about this? Can you think about it? When you think about what happens to you, you know, to try to get him to understand. Neither am I going to use a word like positive mindset, you know? I don't. I won't use words like that. I won't even start using uh, words like reframing. You have to reframe, reframe your. No, I have to use things that they will understand. Like I said initially, the many of them are not. Uh, many of them are just uh, dropouts from school, unfortunately. And in the academies, when I work with the coaches, I always try to emphasize the education of the players. Are they going to school? Are they uh, what? Is, what grades are they making in school? Because this will eventually count if that player goes abroad. Sorry to say, you find many of our players when they go abroad, they don't make it because they are not intelligent. The guy is just good physically, but he can't play. The level of football these days involves lots of intelligence, uh, memory, remembering things, you know. And when you can't remember anything, sorry, you cannot play under many top world-class coaches like Guardiola, you can't play on that club. If you cannot remember, he's going to show you tactics and you can't remember them, sorry, you won't start. You won't start. And I can tell you, this will be the situation of many Nigerian players. We will never, many players will never, many Nigerian players will not be able to play on that coaches like Guardiola or, or, or Klopp or, or um, Zidane. They, maybe they might play on that coaches that, that play direct football. One way, I mean, this, uh, Clubs where you have lots of movements, you have to remember every moment. I doubt because many of our players, unfortunately, are not uh, academically inclined. I've seen a situation where you bring a player to the classroom and he's worried. He doesn't want to sit in the classroom. He has dropped out of school. He, he, he stopped going to school because of the classroom. And now you tell him to come back into a classroom. So basically what I'm saying is that the language uh, used in, in teaching these players and helping these players uh, they are different, age by age, place by place, the level of education of that player is also very important. So, um, you know, one, one thing I was uh, really happy that you touched on was um, the psychological attributes. Yes. Um, so, of course, you know, um, I'm sure a lot of people listening want to know, um, if you had to pick out, <clears throat> if you had to pick out three um, key or very important psychological attributes, for okay. football players, um, particularly the ones in Nigeria, okay. which three would you select? Okay, um, number one, uh, I call them I call them the the ECG, it's the ECG of playing. This is of playing. One is emotional control. Uh, very very important. Second is confidence, and third is. Uh, is the ability to set goals. These are uh, attributes that players should have and should work on. So emotional control, um, and basically we have seen it many times. If you watch all our national teams on the 17, on the 20, on the 23, you will have found situations where when a, a Nigerian a player gets, once a Nigerian team gets a red card, once a player on the national team gets a red card, we never manage. To win those games many times or when we concede a goal after scoring and uh, we never manage many times because you find uh, one player upset he's angry 
and it doesn't matter. Or situations where when we even score goals, we're overexcited that we, and to the point where we can no longer be able to even focus and play the game. Now, the confidence aspect is also there. So our players also need to have confidence going into any game. I've seen uh, matches, senior, even seniors in matches. Uh, we're going to play Argentina. You watch those players when they are coming in. They are shaking, you know. And then we don't teach them psychological skills. We don't help them grow psychologically. So you, they will always find Argentina a big trouble. Our under 17, when they go into tournaments, unless they are older than the, their opponents, they always will find it difficult. If they meet uh, other teams, especially from South America, when they hear Brazil, they start uh, getting worried. And then goal setting. Um, because goal setting is also related to confidence. Goal setting. I expect our players to also set goals, to set targets. Now, let me use the word targets so many people can understand. To set targets for themselves. You set targets before the game. Even within the game, you might need to adjust your targets because by when you achieve those targets, it also builds your confidence. It's, both of them are related. The goal setting and the confidence are related. Uh, and, and so goal setting can help you build your, build your uh, confidence. And then it can also help you remain focused in the game. You know? So if you, if you have a target of saying, okay, uh, as a midfielder, I'm going to try to make 40 complete passes in the first half and another 40 complete passes in the second half. It means that you work hard to make those complete passes, right? You do everything to ensure that you hit 40 and even above 40. And when you hit 40, you become excited, become happy, and you're ready to, you see energy in the player. You wonder, why is this guy making lots of moves? It's because he has hit his target or he's about to hit his target. If you are uh, a defender and you set the target uh, that, okay, I'm going to try to uh, ensure that uh, any ball that gets into the box, the team is mine, I win that ball. Okay, I'm going to ensure that every 10, 10 balls that get into the box, the team from across, I'm going to head it out. And you see the player energized, he's ready to head those balls out. It's because of goals he has set for himself before that game. So there's a lot to teach players, but I will always emphasize these three, the ECG, emotional control, confidence, and goal setting. Players, if I find a player who sets goal, for me, that player is my best player. If I find a player who works to build his confidence, he's a very good player. If I, if I find a player who, who controls his emotion, he's not excited when, when he's scored, he gets back, back into the game. Or that he's, uh, uh, he's, he's able to control his emotion if his teammate gets a yellow card, he's able to remain focused. Because you can find that situation. If your teammate, if your teammate makes a mistake, it can affect you and you start getting worried over that mistake he has made. But if your team concedes a goal as an attacker, he might get angry and he'll never play that game again. He's just there as one more of, uh, as one more member of that 11. So these three uh, attributes are important. You must have emotional control. Uh, the player must be confident. The player um, must have goals for himself. So with that, he, we're good to go. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, that's, you know, I, I think I think uh, you've definitely given us a lot to think about um, in terms, you know, in terms of um, the, the mentality and the psychology of players. Um, I think you know one one key thing that I think um, I heard recently is I think sometimes um, as coaches we we sometimes see players as only players but forget that they're actually people as well. Exactly. Um, so, you know, it's important to, to be mindful um, about, you know, uh, the things that they may be going through or, you know, the, the, the mental state that they are currently in. Yes, that is very important. Um, so, um, one, of the, um, one of the, you know, one of the questions that I, I think one of the coaches, um, I, I remember I was, uh, I was involved in a... Um, webinar recently and one of the questions that a coach had was that um the rpe yes. uh rate of perceived uh, exertion yes. um is you know it's, it's a test it's, it's something that is used um quite well quite often in, in you know in nigerian coaching um but one of the problems that we have is you know culturally um mm -hmm. players may not tell you the truth okay because um you know if they tell you that they are tired um, on the, if they mark themselves as tired on the 
um, yeah. RP, then you may potentially drop them or you may not want to use them again. Yeah. So what advice would you have uh, for coaches to um, get players to be maybe a bit more open and uh, comfortable to, to, you know, to be um, sharing, you know, how they really feel? Yeah. Um, um, well, these days, technology is doing a lot of that. You know, of the, uh, the heartbeat monitor that is being used all over in, in, in Europe, European teams, uh, players wear this, and then with that, it sends information to the, you have the, uh, I think most things depends on who the specialist in charge can be, uh, the physical trainer, it can be the exercise physiologist on that team, uh, it can be the head of sports science, uh, whoever, whoever is in charge of that data. So with that, um, you get that information without the player even saying anything because he measures the heart rate in comparison to exhaustion and stress that players are going through. And even now, there are uh, softwares that uh, applications that players use before training. They always send information based on how well they slept, if they feel, and their emotions, do they feel happy, do they feel sad? Because this goes along with to explain that uh, rate of exhaustion, you know. Mm, with that data, you can know what day, uh, what kind of, how many hours has he slept, does he feel happy after sleeping, uh, you know, you get his emotion, does he feel stressed, what's the level of muscle soreness, you know. With that, uh, the, you can get the psychologist and the uh, and the physical trainer or physical coach and maybe the exercise physiologist, they can now determine who is prepared or not. Anyway, that's in Europe. But here in Nigeria, um, it's very important uh, to help the players see the, the importance of their health. Their health is very important because if they um, overtrain or if they are not ready, they can get injured. And in many cases, very serious injury and very difficult to come out from. So we always advocate in psychology is what we call behavioral change, behavioral modification. So in behavioral modification, you have to tell the fellow the most difficult aspects or challenge he's going to experience if he continues in that behavior. So you have to tell him, see, if you do not stop, this is what will happen. And when it happens, you cannot get back to this level of fitness again. And then, sorry, your career may be, that may be the end of your career. This is what we have to do sometimes because of our own culture here. We need to tell people sometimes strongly what, what will happen if they don't stop this kind of is is also a skill in psychology behavioral modification so our advice coaches and um, tell the players and this is where football education is very important and they have to learn from a very young age that see there is uh, there's what we call muscle memory just like the brain has memory the muscles also have the memory you cannot overtrain and then uh, just because you want to learn a skill sorry by the time if you go if you take a break a one hour break, even a one day break, and you come back the next day, you realize that that skill you are you finding difficult to learn has become very easy. So uh, it's to help the players see that there's a science behind this. If you, are, if you cannot continue, you indicate, I'm not ready today, you know, and it's not, it's nothing bad. It's data, we need it to know, we need it to protect you, we need it to keep you healthy, we need it to, to ensure that you play for uh, the uh, minimum 15 years professionally so players uh, coaches must in, in a way start from the soft method by telling the players the importance of um, giving this information how it's going to help with their health so that they don't have you can give them examples of players who who have overdone it and then their career never um, blossomed so you can encourage the players to see this is why this is important then if the, some players continue hiding that information then it might be good to tell them, see, if you continue doing this, this is what will happen to you eventually. And then your plan of going to Europe or playing the national team will never come to be. So uh, two ways, you can say the carrot and stick method. But that way you can get the players to give you uh, the required information, especially when it's just the coach that is handling the team. He has a, this is where psychologists also come, come in because they work with the players individually. They're able to help the players see the, the importance. They're able to even inform the coaches that this is what is happening with this player. This is why he's going to tell you. This is why he's going to lie to you. And this is why he's going to tell you the truth. This is why he's going to so and then. 
and they can help you coaches. But like I said, you have to use the carrot and stick method. So tell, tell them the importance, teach them what, why, um, about giving good information. And then when the player is not complying, you cannot use the stick method. Tell him clearly, if you don't do this, if you don't tell us the truth, this is what happens. So, um, well, it's been it's been fantastic having you on the show. You've given us so much yeah, to think about. You. Um, you know, me myself, I've taken a lot of notes from what you have said. Um, you know, um, but you know, just before we finish, um, you know, I just have one final question. Um, so, of course, you know, um, in Nigeria, I, I think you know one thing you'll find by speaking to a lot of coaches. They'll yeah. say, you know, um, you know, finances is one thing that, um, you know, when they speak to the administrators or the owners about, yeah. you know, um, yeah. improving or progressing certain things, they will yeah. say, you know, you know, we have to justify the financial, uh, financial spending. Yes. So, um, you know, if somebody was to ask you why, you know, just to give a short answer, why should our club hire a sports psychologist? Um, what, what would be your answer? Simple. If you want to make progress in today's modern day football, if you want to win, if you want to win championships, then you always will need a psychologist. English, uh, just to add this, because I love to talk a lot about sports psychology, the English um, rugby team went to the last uh, rugby World Cup. They didn't go with a sports psychologist. And I, 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 I had to, I saw, I saw a, I saw that news thread on, on LinkedIn uh, and I, I put, I, I mentioned it there that this English team will not win that rugby World Cup because they made this move. And what happened? You can go all the way to the finals, but on the final day, you need the psychological edge because when two big uh, teams play, when they compete, what gives the other team the winning edge is the psychology of that team. So psychology will always play. If you want to win tournaments, if you want to uh, win the league, if you want to win any cup, you need psychology. But if you just want to be there, just want to compete for fun, maybe you might find it not necessary. I can also add that Liverpool, um, Liverpool won the Champions League because of teamwork. The coach doesn't have time to do team building sessions. This is psychology. And they had a, a psychologist there working with them. And what did he do? Encourage each player. Hey, when a player makes a mistake, don't blame him. Rather, what's your job? Walk and win the ball back. What's your job? Work hard and cover up for his mistake. So trust in this. Psychologists build trust amongst uh, the team players. And what happened? They won the Champions League. What happened in the following season? They won the league. So you cannot do without psychology. If you want to be a winner, you can't do without psychology. But if you just want to compete, maybe you can. You might just avoid psychology. And maybe one day you get to the final and you, you hear your players telling you things like, I was scared, I was, I was too much in a hurry to take that shot and I hit it over the bar. Something like that. Um, I, you know, I, I definitely think you have put forward a very strong argument. Um, I think, you know, I, you know, I, you know, I constantly tell people, you know, the, yeah. you know, for us to move forward and yeah. in terms of our sports industry, in terms of our football, it's yeah. important that we embrace the, the, you know, the importance and the contributions of every role. Um, at this moment in time, unfortunately, yes. you know, um, a lot of clubs in Nigeria still have the model of, you know, head coach, assistant coach, coach. and yes. um, maybe if you are, yeah, if you are lucky, you have goalkeeper trainer as well, and that's yeah. that is it. Yes. So you know, it's important that you know we 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 embrace you know fitness coaches, sports psychologists, yes. uh, physiotherapists, uh, nutritionists. You know, these are the people who um, you know are helping really make the difference. Because now yes. sports is all about small margins, yes. um, and you know those small margins can be the difference between you know uh, a country like Nigeria. Uh, yes. Getting to the quarterfinal or even the final of the World final. Cup. Yes. So you know it's, it's it's very important that we we are able to 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 move forward. Um, yes. In this yes. Very important. Um, of course, you know we've come to the end of the show, and I'm sure you know as usual there'll be some coaches or maybe some um, uh, people listening who would like to maybe ask you a question okay. or to get in contact with you. Okay. Um, okay. Where is the best place for them to do that? Um, 
I mean, you can always, uh, these days, uh, the social media is there and it's always a, a way out. Uh, Twitter is there, social media is there, but basically, I right now I'm working, um, like I said, I work with Jesse Bumaro, so usually I'm in, in the stadium on I mean, many, that's uh, Teslim, but obviously I'm there uh, usually, but best it's best to always reach me and uh, on social media to just reach out so i can give my uh i can try to drop uh my what's it called not my uh, uh, social media handle yeah yes just drop that uh so that people can see can get to reach me but um how do i do okay i can tell you is a uh, doctor underscore if uh, I have to really get it, <laughs> Doctor <laughs> underscore Cliff underscore. I don't know if it's it's better uh, that way. Um, you uh, can tell them, but I also I also put a um I also put your um social media handle in the okay. information of the episode. Uh huh. Better, better. So it's Doctor underscore Cliff underscore Uro on uh, Instagram. You can always send me a message there. And I think on Twitter is, uh, yes, on Twitter is the same thing. Dr. Underscore Cliff Underscore. And is it okay to, I can also give my mobile phone number. People call me these days and whatever. I mean, okay, sure. You can, you can give your mobile phone okay. number. So my mobile phone number is 0810-133. Six seven nine two. Mm. Thank you, thank you for that, um, and thank you for joining us on the episode today. Um, it's thank you very much. Definitely been, uh, you know, eye opening. Uh, you know, it's a, a definitely, uh, you know, a thought provoking episode. Um, yeah. I, you know, I think you know it's, it's always necessary. You know, yeah, um, for us to challenge our thinking. Yes, it's very important. I'm, I'm glad I'm, I'm here because this is what I talk about every day and <laughs> I really want us to make progress in Nigeria really. Um, to everyone that's listening, remember to like, remember to recommend, remember to share the episode, remember to leave a comment as usual. Um, thank you all for listening. This is the Ninja on the Ball podcast where we are on the ball with the people that know. Thank you. <laughs>